couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, Shirley was talking about John chapter 11. And then it came up today in Stephen's song. I came out of that grave. You know, and so I was thinking about that while he was singing it. And um, when you read your Bible, there's four levels of revelation. The last one being sowed, which is what S-O-D, which is what Paul the Apostle called, I'll show you a mystery. So whenever you read something, there's always another level. So when Shirley stops, I remember where she stopped. She stopped at chapter, chapter 11, verse 38. I thought, hmm, <laughs> I'll pick that up again sometime, and today's the day. But the, the deeper message in, in how, how can you say deeper? Lazarus wouldn't call it deeper. He was quite happy to, to, get, <laughs> to get healed. But, 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 but the deeper message is Jesus waited two days, and Abraham was born in 1948 B.C., and so that would be two days. And then Jesus waited another two days, so he came on the fourth day, the 4,000th year. And when he came, he was faced with the commandments. The stone that had, had man locked up. The religious stone that had man locked up. And so he said, take away the stone, and the man got born again. Come on, that's what that that that's another story altogether, right there. And uh, but he, but then, then when you look at that, you realize that, like Shirley brought it out really well. He came out of the grave, but they had to they had to work together to get him straightened up. Yeah. Right? Amen. We need to work with each other to get each other straightened up. No, but that's why I gave us Romans 12, 1 and 2. Submit your body unto him a living sacrifice, and then submit your mind to be renewed by the word of God. So that you so that you can so that you can grow and so that you can change. Because what I have found is that like in John 8 32, he says, you, You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, you can believe the truth and not know the truth. Knowing the truth comes from revelation. Knowing the truth comes from meditation. He said, if you'll meditate my word day and night, then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. So I have a part to play in cleaning up my act. You know, you get born again, but you still think with the old mind sometimes. So anyway, um, so they were heading into the promised land, and so are we. And we're going to get there next month. But their promised land was a physical place. And our promised land is a spiritual place. And in order to pick it up, you need to go to Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. And verse 2. Well, I like the whole thing. How about chapter chapter 2 and how about chapter 1 and verse 1? Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Well, that sure sounds to me like the same faith that Peter got, I got. The same Peter that the same Peter that walked on the water with his faith. That same faith is mine. It's like precious faith, faith, and I think it's isotomos in the Greek, and it, it means exactly the same. 
So, so you can't say that you haven't got faith. It may need to be developed. But you got it. Anyway, then, then in verse 2, he says, look at this. Grace and peace can be multiplied unto you. So you, you, would you like some more grace? Would you like some more peace in your life? Yes. Then he's going to tell you how to do it. Grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, epinosis, through the revelation knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. So the more I meditate the word, the more peace I have, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The more I meditate the word, the more peace I have, and the more grace I walk in. So a grace and peace I can multiply to myself. You, you, can, you can fix yourself with this. <laughs> But then in verse 3, when you read verse 3, you need to know that you don't have a provision problem. You have a vision problem. Look, if, if you're breathing today, you have an assignment. If, you, if you're breathing today, then there's a provision for that assignment. According to his divine power, this is talking about him now, talking about Jesus. He already gave you all things that pertain to life, spiritual life, or natural life rather, and godliness, spiritual life. So your natural life, your spiritual life have already been covered by his divine power. How, how did it work? He says, through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge through the knowledge of him that has called us what? To glory and virtue. He'll be changed from one glory to another into the images of his son. Glorious, a glorious change takes place every time you move into another level. So he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great are they exceeding great to you? Ask yourself. Do you, do, you, do you covet his promises? I mean, do you, as a deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longs after you in a dry in a place, thirsty place where there's no water. What he's saying is, do you crave God? Because he wants you to develop a craving for him that only he can satisfy. According to his divine power, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And when I lay hold of these promises, ha -ha, I'm a partaker of his divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that's upon the world even right now through lust. He said, I made a way of escape for you into my promises land. Follow me into my promises land. So now we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. I had to crawl in here so I can take as much time as I want, right? <laughs> Only Nancy knows. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I love the Word of God, and you do too. So Deuteronomy chapter 1 is all about renewing the mind and preparing for the impossible. We might want to write that down somewhere. Preparing to claim your inheritance. Years of greater visitation, manifestation, demonstration, revival, restoration, all the words you like. <laughs> Prepare to claim your inheritance. Prepare to claim your inheritance, not next year, this year. Prepare to move in on this now. Amen. Greater visitation, yes. manifestation, demonstration, revival, restoration. They call Deuteronomy the Mishnah Torah, the explanation of the Torah. And this, this teaching is the most relevant for a new life in a new land. It's written to you to produce a strong faith and self-discipline to avoid the snares and temptations of your pagan neighbors. So the wilderness walk was transition time. And they spent 40 years walking around there. And I used to laugh at them until I realized I've been at it almost that long myself. <laughs> yeah. But the book is, it was written to paint a picture of a land of promise. The best that the earth has to offer. No debt or lack Good houses, all of that. Be, you know, to, to get past the boundaries of your flesh, because your flesh is so limited by your own abilities and your own human effort. Your own abilities and your own human effort will only take you so far. And he's saying, I want you to come over now. I want you to come over now into a land of opulence. So you don't have a provision problem, you have a vision problem. No more ownership issues. It's time to possess what you own. God gave it to you. Come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. This land is your land. This land is my land. From Buena Vista to Vancouver Island. From the Arctic Circle all the way to the floor of the Keys. This land belongs to you and me because I've asked of him and he's given me the heathen for an inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for my possession. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This land does not belong to the devil. This land belongs to you and me and it's time to possess. So let's read it a little bit here. Okay. These words which Moses spoke unto Israel on this side of the Jordan. Can you believe this? This is the 11th month of the 39th year. Well, it says it in verse 3. came to pass on the 40th year and the 11th month. The last month. Moses spoke unto the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given unto him in commandments. And he had slain Shihon, the king. Oh, by the by the way, this is interesting too, because they wouldn't go in the promised land over in over in uh, 
um, Numbers chapter 13 because they didn't want to face the giants, right? They're going to have to kill giants all the way through here. You can't avoid, right. <laughs> you, you can't duck out on your responsibilities. They didn't fight them there. I mean, Og, the king of Bashan, Og, the guy's bed was like 14 or 15 feet long. He was not a little guy. And all of his friends were big too. And you can understand being intimidated unless you get that Joshua and Caleb attitude. The interesting thing too about Numbers chapter 13 is they all got what they said. Ten said we couldn't do it and two said we could. The ten said that they couldn't, didn't, and the two said they could, did. Why? Because according to your faith, right. it'll be done unto you. Right. So what, what are you saying? <laughs> get a hold of your lip. Yeah, so, and I, who was, maybe it was James. Somebody was talking about why God wiped out certain people, kill all the men, kill all the women, kill all the children, right? They found a venereal disease in the bones of the children in Jericho. It wasn't that God wanted to wipe everybody out. It was that God wanted to protect the seed that was going to bring Jesus into the earth. So... He's not a mass murderer. Although it sounds like it if you read it here and don't understand it. I mean, you know, in some places it said, don't touch them. Other places it said, he says, kill all the men, kill all the women, kill all the children. But they, but they, if you understand Genesis chapter 6, they had perverted seed. Angels, angels of God came and slept with Adam's daughters and perverted the seed. And you thought it was over until you read here and you realize it, it continued after the flood. Verse 5, it says, On this side of the Jordan in the land of Moab began Moses to declare the law, saying, The Lord our God spoke unto us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt in this mountain long enough. <laughs> And I would like to say this to us. We have lived here long enough. It, don't get caught in an old season. And, you know, it, and, and if you don't change the way you think, you're going to get stuck in a wrong season and stay there. If you're not ready to do something different, you need to get ready to do something different now because if we keep doing what we've always done, we'll keep getting what we always had. God's saying, I want you to, I want you to step way out of beyond your comfort zone where real life begins outside your comfort zone. It's time to take risks. It's time to do something that you've never done. You might appear foolish. Well, I can guarantee if God gets you to do it, you'll appear foolish. Go dip in the Jordan River seven times. The dirtiest river with the cow poop coming down the river. Go dip in that river seven times. I wonder what would happen if he had done it for five and then said, this is ridiculous. Yep. So you're with me. You're going to do something different. I'm going to watch you. <laughs> so in verse 8, he says, Behold, look and see. I've set the land before you. 
Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and their seed after them. Well, Galatians 3.29 says I'm, that I'm Abe's seed. I'm Abe's seed. Therefore, this land was titled to me, and this verse proves it. So ownership is established by right there. He said, go in and possess. Well, that's the problem, though. Possession comes through confess, conquest, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possession comes through confession. How about that? Mm-hmm. Laying hold of it with the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart. He said, I spoke unto you at that time and said, I'm not, I'm not able to bury you myself alone. And the Lord uh, had multiplied you. And behold, at this time, you're like the stars of heaven for a multitude. Verse 11, and the Lord God of your fathers, you talk about a, a good return, make you a thousand times as many as you are. What am I expecting during this harvest of souls? Make me a thousand times as many as I am. Why? Because he he says, and bless you because he has promised you. That's pretty clear, isn't it? I promised you. Verse 19, and when we departed from Horeb, we went through all the great and terrible wilderness, which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as as the Lord commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, you've come unto the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord your God doth give us, has given unto us. Behold, the Lord has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. Don't be afraid of the liberal government. <laughs> Fear not and don't. I don't. You know, Stephen was mentioning it while they were doing praise and worship. Whatever you're going through, just go through it. Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not camping out there. I'm not building a house there. I'm going through. What does that mean? It's Life is a cinch by the inch. Life is, I, I, I can't deal with tomorrow, but I can deal with today. I cannot be defeated because I refuse to quit. I cannot be defeated because I refuse to quit. One nostril is out of the water saying, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 21, behold, the Lord God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. Go up and possess it and fear not and don't be discouraged. But look at verse 22 is very important because it says, then you came near to me, every one of you, and said that this verse proves it was not God's intention for them to ever spy out the land. To spy out the land is to say, I'm not sure if you're telling me the truth or not. What an ounce of faith in that. So so they 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 tested God's integrity. We will send men before us and they'll search out the land and bring us word again by the way that we must go up into the cities will come. And the, and Moses said, and, and 
it pleased me well. So I took men from the 12 tribes and so on. Then went up into the mountain in the valley of Eshkol. Like, what kind of a place was that? It was truly a land overflowing with milk and honey. A land of opulence is exceeding great and precious promises. You're living in a land of opulence right now. It's time to claim the promises. It's time to grab a hold of them. Time to possess your possession. Time to be ownership is established. Now possession is going to come as my uh, make my confession. I make a conquest on these things. I fight for these things. They turned and went up into the mountains and, and searched it out, and they took of the fruit of the land in their hands, brought it down unto us, and brought us word again, saying, it's exactly what God said. It's a good land our Lord gave us, notwithstanding the voice of compromise, notwithstanding the voice of compromise, notwithstanding they would not go up, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandments of the Lord your God and murmured in your tents. I know there's no one here that ever does that, but back then they used to complain when they were at home. No, but when I question God's integrity, the problem's closer to home. It's not about his integrity, it's about mine. He's the Lord and he doesn't change. So if he's the Lord and he doesn't change, something tells me, you murmured in your tents. I wrote in my margin, the person that's been most de- deceived by, uh, by my character is me. <laughs> I'm okay. It's everybody else that's all messed up. We've been there, but you know, it's like the only problem I have is with the person I shave every day. Just get that guy lined up. And I think Stephen brought that out in praise and worship again too. It's not about what can you do for me? I don't need you to do anything for me. I surrender my life. Use it any way you see fit. So you brought us out forth out of the lands of Egypt to deliver us into the land of the Amorites to destroy us. Of course, that was God's plan all along. To get you born again, get you in church and kill you. (laughs) See, but if you don't conquer negativity, it'll always be your master. You gotta defeat that you gotta defeat negative thoughts with positive words. Yeah. Always, always, always. That's how you possess your land by what you're saying, how you're confessing things. I mean, they believed in God, but they didn't believe God. And, and that describes a lot of the church today. Well, yeah, I believe in him. It, it's like again, John eight thirty two. I believe I believe everything that Jesus said, but I don't know everything that he said. I don't know by revelation, because when the revelation comes, everything changes. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. Don't amen me when I say that. It's okay. What kind of an example are these leaders? Shall we go up 
Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we are. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. Moreover, we've seen the son of the Anakims there. And again, they're going to have to fight all these guys that they refuse to fight. Just remember that too. You're not going to escape your giant. If you're not going to escape your giant, then you better pick up five small stones and run toward the guy and, and kill him. Off of his head, yep. Excuse me. In the wilderness where you have seen, the, no, verse 30, the Lord your God goes before you. He'll fight for you according to all that he did in Egypt before your eyes. You know, like when I think about myself and Pastor Paul, for example, we had alcohol and drug addictions going on and all that. He delivered us from those things. Like what compares to that? Nothing compares to that. I remember one time a Jehovah's Witness stopped me on the sidewalk and he said I needed a Watchtower magazine. And I pulled my Bible out of my back pocket and I said, this is all I need right here. He said, well, he said, you're going to need a whole lot more, lot more than that. I didn't know any scriptures, but what I did know was I once was blind. But now I see. Hallelujah. And it's good to remember. Verse 32, yet in this thing, you did not believe the Lord your God. No, no, there's respect and there's disrespect. I don't think there's any middle ground there. I'm either going to respect him and honor what he says, I'm going to disrespect him and not pay any attention. He said, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents, fire by night, cloud by day, and the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth, saying, surely there shall not be one of, the, one of these evil generations see that good land, which they swore unto my fathers. Except Caleb and Joshua. And I thought, well, I like that. I like Caleb and Joshua because they were 80 and 85 years old when they got their inheritance. I said, I'm claiming that right there. 80 or 85, one of the two, they'll both work. No, but you know, come on. And we've had to sit over the years, sit with a bunch of unbelief too, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> Not that you have, but. Caleb, the son of uh, whatever, he'll see it, and to him I'll give the land he's trodden upon for, onto his children because he has holy followed the Lord. And Joshua, the son of Nun, which stands before you, he shall go in, encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit the land. Where can we go now? Hmm. Well, how about uh, chapter 2 and verse 10? The Imams dwelt in the land in times past, and the Anakims, they're all giants. But they didn't want to fight the giants. But they hear they are fighting the giants. <laughs> How about verse? Uh, yeah, verse uh, twenty says, 
that they were also accounted in the land of giants, giants that dwelt in old time. The Ammonites called them Zamzumans. Uh, how about chapter 3? You Zamzuman, I'm coming to get you. Hey, I just wanted to read Og's bid. Og, the king of Bashan, remained among the giants. His bedstead was a, a bedstead of iron. And someone said that this iron was during the Bronze Age and iron shouldn't have even been invented yet so that maybe they were operating on a higher level than everybody else anyway. But this bed was, I think, some people say 14, some people say 18 feet long. Uh, you talk about a king-size bed. <laughs> and interesting, too, when you read Flavius Josephus, he says it's still here. They still had it in the museum at that time. So you can be sure of this, too. Somebody on this planet has in their possession that bed. Um, verse 22, verse 21. And I commanded Joshua at that time and said, your eyes have seen all the Lord has done unto these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms where you go. You shall not fear them for the Lord, your God, he will fight for you. And I besought the Lord at that time saying, O Lord, you begun to show your servant greatness by your mighty hand. Verse 28. Charge Joshua and encourage him to strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and you'll cause them to inherit the land which you shall see. We can go and inherit the land today. Inherit the land today. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13. We'll just a quick look there and we'll move on. We'll be done. Yep. Uh, chapter 1, uh, chapter 13, verse 25. They returned from searching out the land 40 days. They went and came back to Moses and Aaron and the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and they brought back the word unto them. And unto all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land, and they told them about the land. It overflowed with milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people are strong. Look, you can't live in the sweet by and by. You've got to go and embrace your inferiority now. Inferiority will always talk defeat. Because how you see yourself is where you're going to find yourself. Don't talk yourself out of what God's trying to talk you into. <laughs> the, verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jezubites, the Amorites, and so on. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once for, to possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up said, we're not able to go up against those people. They're stronger than we are. And they brought up what the Bible calls, read Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. Chapter 4 is very interesting, he said, because this word was preached unto them and us. It didn't profit them, verse 2, because they didn't mix it with faith. So you've got the word in your lap now when you begin to mix it with faith. And I believe that your tongue is the mixer. 
They saw it, but they couldn't enter it. Your enemy, bigger, bigger, bigger. Your enemy, greater than your destiny. Big enemy, little destiny. No, but it's not about how big your problems are. How big is your God? Come and magnify the Lord together. Fear of people, fear of failure. What I realize is no one can talk me out of my destiny but me. And I also realize that I've got to kill the grasshopper before I can kill the giant. I've got to kill that inferiority in me, how I see myself, not good enough, never measure up, all of that. In all these things, you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You're the head and not the tail above and never underneath. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.